0: Testing, testing, testing. Testing, testing. I think. Uh, I go off script.
1: Actually, I have
0: no script. <laughs> I don't know, this time I have no script. I, th- I think the church is changing. The church is changing. Um, the church is getting out of the box. The church really want to be a Jesus followers and Jesus followers ask questions. Jesus followers don't stuck with the status quo. That's what I'm seeing and that's what I'm experiencing. And one thing experiencing for me is since 2003, um, special, sexual purity is is my specialty. In my practice, and also in my speaking engagement, the reason I specialize in it is, I'm 60. I'm 60 years old this this October. I may not look 60s, but I am 60 years old this October. <laughs> but it, when I was in my 30s, I struggled with pornography big times, big times. And and when I was dating my wife, we crossed boundaries many times. And that's why when I found out God delivered me, God rescued me, God showed me the way. When God's power of healing is available to me, and God's power of deliverance is available to anyone who come to the cross. To come to Him. But lately, one thing I've really learned is God is more generous than we think He is. Amen? God is more generous with His grace than He think what He is. And God is more generous with His love, with His patience, Especially in this sexual purity journey and struggle. It's not all or nothing that I master it now. No, no. Especially for us men. I told men, you have to practice and exercise the pure heart tool I taught you, I taught myself, until the day you see Jesus. I don't care you're 95 years old, you still want to look at that woman. You still want to peek at that cleavage. Thank God he's that generous. Off the script. Kind of off the traditional evangelical think, thinking in my set. I come to realize. The Jesus I follow is separate from any denomination. He's not evangelical. You don't need to be evangelical to come to know Jesus. And he's not Pentecostal. You don't need to be Pentecostal or Alliance or Lutheran or Catholic to come to know this Jesus and to follow him. That's what I learned. I think that's my beginning. Of this talk today about sexual purity, and I want to begin with a few stories, true stories that people share with me over the years, and story I read about. This is the first story from a single man. Who are single men here? Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. You're a single man. Okay. Okay. Who are single men who don't want to be single anymore? Raise your hand too. Don't be afraid. Yes. Yeah, you're not destined to be alone, okay? I pray that God will bring you a suitable woman for you, okay? Yeah, not the right woman, but a suitable woman for you. <laughs> yes, I already talked about a couple of, of seminars. I said, no, you, you don't find the right one. You find the one who wants to become the right person for you. Right? Someone who commit to become, to grow with you, to, to develop with you and to
1: become
0: the right person. I'm married for 34 years. Only the last few years I've become the right person. <laughs> and I presume the majority here is single, right? Who's married here? Oh, there's a few. Okay, bless you. I know this people. I, 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 I know, okay, okay, I'll talk about it later on. Okay, I, I, I see some familiar faces here, and, and my pastor is checking me out from Beulah. I did not know that. Okay, I'm just joking. Okay. First story, a single man story, okay? This is a story that he emailed me. Hello, Dr. Shea. I am engaged to be married. I love Jesus Christ with all my heart, and have given me, given my life to serve Him. I have fought for years to rid myself of a lingering pornography problem since I was 12 years old. I have told my fiancé right from the beginning that I struggle with this. She is supportive but is hurt and cannot understand fully. I love her so much and often lack the strength I hate hurting her. I want to stop more than anything in the world. Sometimes I hate myself. I feel like I have tried all. I want to understand why this is so difficult. Could you please email me some advice or point me in the right direction? God bless you. This is a very familiar story. When man come to see me, telling me he's getting married or he's engaged, and he really want to, someone to help him to fix this problem. He knows wrong, but he cannot stop himself doing it. The second story is from a clergy, from a minister. Sexual purity have no border, have no border. Rich and poor, pastor, layperson, missionaries, when I went on a mission trip, I worked with international workers, missionaries. The same problem. Men and women, leaders, non leaders. This story from a minister, a clergy. Dear Dr. Shea, thank you for the participation you were involved in uh, on television with Paul Arthur on the Miracle Channel. The Miracle Channel is in Leverage today. Um, I was there six times to a TV appearance on this topic. I have served as a pastor for a number of years and went through a burnout in 2002 which took me out of ministry. The Christian psychologists were very helpful in assisting me through the recovery process, while I am not pastoring at this time, it has been a blessing to get back on my feet again. The struggle that I had with pornography while still in the pastoral ministry was immense. No one knew that I was going through and you are the only one that I have shared this with. Now, this story, I have asked his permission to talk about it. The chemistry factor involved with pornography that brings a release to the stress and depression that I was dealing while going through some difficult church issues as a pastor is a very real thing. You have spelled it out so clearly to me on the program this morning. May God bless you as you continue to minister so openly regarding this growing plague in our society. I've met a number of pastors, youth pastors, lead pastor, missionary coming home for furlough for this type of problem. Their challenge is huge. They're so afraid to tell the board. They're so afraid to tell the senior manager or senior pastor. They are so afraid to get fired. I have three kids, I have a mortgage. I'm afraid they will yank me. It's a real challenge, so they kept it to themselves and suffer just a little. Third story, this is, um, this is from a book. This is someone learning to be a prayer partner, to a prayer worker. During a conference in which I was learning to listen to God while I served on the prayer team, a man and I were praying for another young man. As I asked Jesus what he was going through and wanted to do in prayer, I saw the word pornography spell out. I did not know how it's applied and was afraid to ask. But I took the risk. I asked if the issue pornography was something God might want us to pray for. The young man replied, not really. I said, hey, huh, I'm new here at this listening to God thing. I probably just got it wrong. So uh, the other man, the other man, my prayer partner and I, prayed for the areas in which this young man did require or needed need healing. At the end of our prayers, I walk away. I had made it about halfway across the ballroom floor in the hotel where we were holding the conference, when the man who had been my prayer partner, co-worker, practically tackled me. He said, that word was for me not for the guy for whom we were praying. I came a thousand miles for this conference to deal with my addiction to pornography, and I hadn't worked up the guts to tell anyone. I'm leaving tomorrow. If you hadn't said what you said, I would have left without ever dealing with it. He and I then went into absolutely beautiful time of prayer and cleansing and coming free. Afterward, I counsel him about practical steps he needed to take to settle into real change. This is a story from a woman. This is a story that in my book, a woman told me about her experience, called Woman Finding Out. In the fall of 2003, I was 20 years old. So who are 20-something here? That's a lot of you, 20-something. So this lady, 20-something, 20 years old, and I've been dating a guy named Matthew, Matt. Uh, any Matthew here? <laughs> oh, I'm, okay, it, it just coincidence, okay? Okay. And this lady is Lisa, any Lisa here? Okay, all right, okay, we are safe, okay. It's Matt, not Matthew, it's Matt, okay, Matt. Uh, I'm 20 years old, and I have been dating a guy named Matt for two years. Matt and I were in love and happy, yet we have some issues. Matt has some bad habits that I did not like, and it caused us to have some serious fights. Matt was a guy who often watched pornography and masturbated to it. This habit of his made me very jealous and I lost a lot of my confidence. Finally, I told Matt if he did not cut down or eventually stop, it would be over for us. Matt decided he would cut down altogether instead of looking at the very bold pornography with a presumed hardcore. Hardcore pornography is what? Intercourse, oral sex, anal sex. Matt was going to try looking at soft porn. Porn nowadays you can look at a YouTube, okay? Russian movies, Romanian movies, East Indian movie trailer, YouTube, and hope this will eventually help him stop. Months and months went by. I still have this feeling that something will stop. right. This is a woman intuition. So women have their intuition. They don't have the equation. They don't have the one two three. They don't have the A B C. But when they look at your eyes, they know you're hiding something. Okay? Women generally are more smarter than us men in this area. Yeah, it is. Is it? I don't know why God created them that way, but, <laughs> but, but somehow God created them that way. There must be something good about it. That's why this leaves us that there's something not right. Something not right. Whenever I question him, he always had the perfect answer for me. This guy is not smart enough to, because always the right answer. So, no, 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 Okay? No, this is serious. So, this is, this is, okay. This is real. Okay? I should not make it so light. Finally, at the night of December 7, 2003, Matt told the truth. His exact words were, Lisa, I've been lying to you. These past month, when you thought I was not looking a lot of porn and masturbating much, it was all a lie. I've been looking at the dirty stuff and masturbating with more than, more often than I should have. One big feature of an addict is secrets and lies. I cannot believe what I just heard. This cannot be true. I felt so angry and mostly betrayed. I even slapped Matt across the face. My whole life felt like it was falling apart. This guy whom I had loved and trusted had been lying to me for months? How could he do this to me? I thought to myself. How can he say he loves me? I felt so betrayed and hurt. I hated Matt for what he had done. I started yelling at him to me. He was nothing but a shallow pervert. I'm doing a pure heart seminar at A Nice church, my home church in May the 3rd. I've been doing this seminar for many, many times now in different churches in America, in, 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 in Edmonton, in Calgary, in Montreal, in Toronto, in Turkey with a translation, in Dublin, in the Bible college there, in Thailand, in Germany, in front of 40 YWAM staff in Germany, but one thing I heard from men is they're so reluctant to come a, to a, a pure heart seminar on pornography. There are two things they are afraid of. Number one, they're afraid of people telling them you're a pervert. I told them you're not pervert. God made no pervert. You're making the image of God. What you're doing? Yes, not healthy, but you're no perfect. Jesus, no, no, God does not create any pervert. You're making this image. Number two, they're afraid when they sit down here, let someone walk by. What's wrong with you? You have to come to the seminar.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, it's true. Especially, they're afraid a pastor walk by. What's wrong with you? So this is their Fear. So that's why I kind of um, stop some men really want to come. And I think we church, we pastor, we have to do something. Because a, a seminar like this, a teaching like, like this is for everyone, for every woman, every man. A lot of men think, for those who have problem, you go there. I have no problem. I can fix it. I can stop it. No, it's for every man, every father, every husband. And every woman, God made no pervert. At the same time, I felt like I was so good, I was not no good at all. was the reason why he turned the images to the images of other women to satisfy himself. I kept trying to figure out what I had done wrong as a girlfriend. I kept thinking maybe if I was prettier I have a sexier body, he would not have done this. This is such a common response from women. Am I not good enough for you? Are my breasts not big enough for you? It's an injury to the woman. It's called attachment injury for those, for the girlfriend, for the fiance, for the wife. What else are you hiding from me? I cannot count on you that you abandoned me. In the mind they know it's not adultery, but in the heart, my boyfriend, my fiance, my husband have left me, abandoned me to someone else. The attachment bond from God is when God told Joshua to take Jericho, God told Joshua, do not be afraid. I'm here for you. I will never abandon you. And that attachment bond is between father and son. When the son is up in that tree, want to jump down the father say jump the, the, the son will not second thought the father would drop him he just jumped because he, the attachment between parent and child he know the father will just grab him there's no father said oops son sorry no there's no such thing and on the marriage altar on the wedding day that vow for good and for bad that is sealed the attachment bond between a husband and a wife for good and for bad I'm here for you I'm here with you but when a wife finds out the husband secretly look at porn or have an affair when the wife, the girlfriend the fiance is attachment injured Injured that attachment part From now on, that woman cannot, I cannot count on you. What else you have not told me? What else you kept from me? It's a very, very serious relationship injury. And if that woman come from a history, a family history of abuse, a, fa- a history of some or if someone cheated her in the past, or have a shame issue, we will talk about tonight, it'll take her a much longer time to recover from it. I have seen it in my practice. A relative healthy woman just tell the boyfriend or the husband, You know where you sleep tonight. If you do this again, I send you to your mom and dad, and you'll tell him why you're here. She will not think about that. Something I'm no, I, I'm no good. She'll hurt. But but those women who come from a shame background, struggle with trust and have abandoned issue in their life. My experiences took them such a long time to recover from it. It's a it's, it, it's a double whammy for those women. I tried to figure out why I had done wrong as a girlfriend. I kept thinking maybe if I was prettier and sexier. He said he did not know and he wanted to stop, but the temptation was so strong and he didn't know how to fight it. The next day, Matt and I talked about it some more. We fought and talked and Matt kept telling me how sorry he was and how he did not mean to hurt me. This is, yes, every man told me. I, from, I have men told me today. He called Escort. He went to massage power. I asked him, you know this is wrong. Yes, I know it's wrong, but I'm still doing it. But that is a simple definition of addiction. You know it's wrong, and you're still doing it. That is a very simple, practical definition. You are addicted. As if I'm a slave, I'm a slave. I go to church, I go to care group, i even on staff, but I'm still doing those things. You're doing a double life. Even though I was very mad about him lying, I could not figure out why he just could not give it up on porn and that is also a lot of women told me why? It's so clear cut. It's right versus wrong. Just stop doing it. Stop. Is it not that simple? And that's why every man who come to see me for this um, issue, whether single or married, if they have a wife and there's a girlfriend fiance, always I want to meet your woman because I want to have a session with her to to educate her about what is going on. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't realize what pornography is about and what sexual purity is about and maybe something you found out tonight you have never heard of. Matt and I later got into another big fight after yelling and yelling at each other. I locked both of us in the room until we calmed down and could figure out what was really going on with him. That is when it hit Matt, he finally realized what he was doing needed to stop. I realized this habit of Matt went a lot deeper than I thought. Now I share with you four real stories and they're all man's story although this is this is by a woman but still it's Matt's sexual purity problem and you thought that sexual purity struggle is all men's battle? It's not. When well, I work with men who come to see me for porn or sexual purity problem I I always do an assessment. I have a fifty-two, fifty-three question there, true and force, to give me a bigger picture how to help this man. There is one question is there, is in my book, an assessment. The question true and force. I had premarital sex. Or heavy panic before marriage. I want to tell these are all Christian men. These men come to know Jesus. They love Jesus. They serve in the church. A lot of them grew up in Christian home. Some of them actually are pastor children. They went to mission trip. They attend Bible school. I want to tell you the bad news. When it come to that question, true or false, I had premarital sex or heavy petting before marriage. Majority of the men that I work with say true. Now, there have to be a woman involved. That question involved a girlfriend, involved a fiance, involved a woman. That made me think: sexual purity struggle and battles are not just a man battle. I think the battle it just take different forms. And my observation is, seemingly, we're more reluctant to talk about the woman's battle. Do you think so? We, 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 we touch that not too many seminars or workshop or writing or books actually talk about the woman battle, sexual purity, as it is a taboo subject. It's a taboo subject. As a man is no longer a taboo subject, every man do this, okay? But not every woman do it. But my survey made me think, hmm, it's not true. It's just a taboo subject that much more difficult to omit and to face it. Consequences probably are much more harder when my friend found out. Pardon my language, I don't want people to see me as a slut. That is just my observation. So, Consequently, less women seek help and less girls get their resources, how to be sexually pure, for example, before marriage. Yeah. Or when they marry, when it come to affair and adultery all thing, they actually have less less help. Now, I do, I want this to be not sweet talking. How come it's so difficult to be sexually pure? As one pastor challenged me in the past, in an audience like this, his question is, Dr. Shay, is the blood of Jesus not enough? Is the blood of Jesus not powerful enough to stop us, to, to empower us to be pure? Is the cross not enough for us. I caught I was caught off guard actually. Actually there's a POC training seminar in Red Deer. <laughs> Reference so bracket invite me. No, Mr. Hall invited me. He's the all credential holder, right? They have to go through the credential thing, right? The different seminar and and this older guy asked me this a long years ago in in a, in a camp in Red Deer. Is the cross not enough for us Dr. Shea? Why on earth do you have to talk about this type of thing? And I'm glad one pastor spoke up, I think it's Pastor Hall, saying our heart is deceitful. Our heart is deceitful. And, and now actually I found more and more answers. Uh, this is off script now. I can't turn things around, okay? When you listen to Dr. Shi, you follow him because I walk around, okay? I walk around. I'm not that. T- I have no PowerPoint. I hate PowerPoint. I tell stories, okay? Now, I turn off the script. Turn around the script now. The last three or four years, my mission in my practice and in my speaking engagement is to tell people about this thing that in the Western world we don't hear about is enough and that is the whole thing about shame because we are not a shame-based society we are a guilt-based society if you're a friend from pakistan iraq jordan egypt india china korea they, they know about shame don't shame my name honor my family Go to university. I don't care what to study. Just go there, get a degree, honor my village. They know what shame is. We have guilt. The difference between shame and guilt. Guilt tells us you have make a mistake. I'm sorry, I apologize. I want to change. Had nothing to do with who I am. But shame tells you, you are the mistake. You are the mistake. I don't care. You become the president of the United States. You still are a mistake. That is shame, and shame comes from comes with enormous pain. Enormous pain. Now, every one of us is not immune from shame shame is universal just like guilt and sin is universal because all date back to the garden of eden when adam and eve disobeyed right away they find out they're naked they right away know right and wrong they want something to sew and cover them up now that is they in the condition of guilt and then they heard the sound of god walking in the garden And the Genesis 3 say they want to hide from God. That is shame. Shame is always in the context of a relationship. I'm not good enough for my father. I'm not good enough for my mom. No matter what I do, I still cannot make my father happy for me. That is shame. And then, Adam and Eve are afraid to see God. So that's fear. So the three conditions of our sin from the garden is guilt, shame, and fear. Some cultures are more guilt-based. Some culture are more shame-based. In some culture are more fear-based. Go to Thailand, it's fear-based. When I go to go to visit the Ministro Night Light, is this ministry, they go to the Red Knight District, invite the girls, the prostitute, to come to work for us, work with them, because we have jewelry making business, so we make jewelry, so you come and make jewelry, we give you salary, bonuses, child care, teach you English, and many of those girls come to know Jesus and baptized. Praise God! I was there. I was there. www.nightlightinternational.com. Check it out. But when I was there, I saw the community of the girls there. They do care for each other. They they cook for each other, take care of their own children in the red light district, in front of the customer. And see all those altar, they have to worship and pray that the spirit to give me 30 men a month. If I do not have 30 men a month, the mama sand will duck my pay. I've got enough money to send it to my mom and dad up north. They compete for each other they pray for that 30 men a month and they are afraid the spirit will not give them 30 men it's a fear-based culture the middle east is a shame-based culture we are a guilt-based culture but for us christian a lot of us don't realize or miss That Jesus did not only die for our sin on the cross on that day. He took our shame on that day. This is Palm Sunday yesterday, leading to Easter. The whole story unfolding, the story of God's rescue a lot of us don't realize I don't see a cross here on that cross Jesus not only bore our sin he bore our shame everyone shamed him on that day there's no one on earth can take us from a position of shame to respect the opposite of shame is respect shame have no respect for us Sh- the shame tape continue to tell you you're no good you're too fat you're too thin you're stupid you're not as good as your sister your sister is a poster girl you're the black sheep. And you ADD, you stutter, being bullied, being picked on. That's a shame tape. If you grew up in a family history addiction, you cannot not address shame addiction and shame are together, pornography, gambling, alcohol, workaholic, are together, drugs, if you come from a family history of abuse, verbal, emotional, sexual, physical, (coughs) not happen to you, happen to your mom, happen to your grandma, happen to your grandfather, you cannot not address shame, they are together. You come from a family culture that your mom and dad are so critical, so high expectation. Make you feel that I always have to perform. You cannot not shame. And shame come with tremendous pain, and because this is a lot of shame-based culture, a lot, a few of us know how to deal with it. When we're growing up, when we're in school, even when we're in church, we're not here to blame our parents. We're not here to blame our parents; they did not know. They've done the best. Shame come with tremendous pain. That when I do the assessment for shame, I, I want people to check anything that is applied to them over the years when they're growing up. And these are the things, so I, I want them to check. I read it to you I am unworthy. Check. I'm stupid. Check. I'm ugly. Check. I'm fat, boring, bad, inadequate, a mistake, a nothing, useless, a loser. I'm no one. I will fail. I have no value. If I talk, people will know I'm not smart. Check. I'm not a good spouse, no one as good as others, not as good as others, no one would love me if they knew all my secrets, can't measure up, check, cannot believe God will forgive me for what I've done, check, no one would want me, check, this is something wrong with me, check. When I see someone, Christian, non-Christian, check so many, I told that person, you should be depressed, (laughs) you should be depressed, it is. If you're not depressed, I'm more concerned. You are denying it. Yeah, you You should be depressed. You should not be happy. You should have anger problem. Because it's so painful. This is not, thank you, Jesus, I am inadequate. No, this is, keep it to yourself. No one knows about it, actually, unconscious. And the pain, when we have pain, we have a headache, we take a Tylenol, an you When we have emotional pain, we also look for relief. You know where the relief comes from? If you write it down, the three of them. Classic three of them. The three Ps. Pleasing, performing, perfecting. Pleasing, performing, perfecting. A people pleaser. To make me think that for some girls, that they cannot keep them until sexual appeal before marriage, but during dating, I wonder actually they want to please. They want to please the girl, the boyfriend. Or they're afraid, if I don't do this with him and he wants to do this, I'm not good for him. Or he will leave me. I wonder that. I wonder girls whether you, you can connect with that. Or does some girl think like that, that? that And also, because of the shame, she wants to please, they want to make people happy. These are the people, the girls who cannot say no. They are nice girls. But there's a book out there called Nice Girl Don't Change the World. But Mrs. Heibel <laughs> called Nice Girl Don't Change the World. They just cannot say no. That made me wonder for those girls that cannot say no. And also, you know the difference between men and how men and women are created by God? Men are more vulnerable to feel shame. That I'm I'm no good for you. That I'm a failure. Men are much vulnerable to that. But women are more vulnerable to be afraid of disconnection. They're afraid to be abandoned. They want to connect. That's why, and also women get healing and connection through... ...talking. Yes, men don't get healing connection by talking. No, they don't. They they connect by doing. But women connect and get healing from talking. So I told woman, you cannot talk to your boyfriend the same way you talk to your girlfriends. You cannot do that. Because girls talk circular. <laughs> right? Just circular, there's no solution, no answer. They just talk and talk, and they leave the moxie very happy. Right? No, no. I, I give you an example before, oh, okay. Um, I don't, I don't stop yet. Okay, there's four girls here. And there's four guys here. And after today, all eight of you go to Moxie. Okay? For some chicken wings, okay? All right? Okay, you sit in the same table. What's your name? Wanisa. Angela. Angela. So Wanisa, you're at the table, and you say that you get up, you say... I want to go to the washroom, excuse me. I think Angela might follow you, Oh, I want to go to the washroom too, right? And then in the washroom, you probably talk about Dr. Shea, Uh, or he just BS all the whole evening. (laughs) Okay, you talk and you talk in the washroom, right? Okay, what's your name, sir? King K. King K, and what's your name? Kevin. Kevin. King K, so you're at a table, eight people, you want to um, go to the washroom, right? And Kevin say, I'll go with you.
1: <laughs>
0: you look at him, weird. <laughs> it doesn't happen. Have you met a guy, I'm going to washroom, all these three guys say, I want to go wash washroom with you? No, it doesn't happen. But if this lady want to go washroom, all the three will go to washroom, right? Is that true? Yeah. There's a different between the Catholic men and men different. They talk, they connect, even in the washroom. We men don't do that. If we really, I, am I thinking something wrong here? <laughs> right? No, we don't. So that gets into trouble sometime because the woman really want to connect by talking. So much, but talking becomes nagging. And nagging, and nagging for the man just overwhelmed, <laughs> right? Overwhelmed and become silent, withdraw. Whenever there's a silent and withdraw man, there's always a critical woman. That's the reality actually. Whenever there is a silent and withdraw man, there's always a critical woman. So go back to the shame. Pleasing, performing, and perfecting. Performing, performing, performing. That's where I get my value from. Performing, including performing in ministry. I was speaking at the Park Pentecostal Church a few Sundays ago and talked about a similar thing. I talked about that. There's three types of home. A kids center home, an activity center home, and a couple center home. The most healthy home is a couple center home. And the pastor mentioned something to me that called me off guard. Dr. Shay, there's a fourth home that's not healthy. It's said what? A ministry center home. A ministry center home. Of ministry sent home. Ministry is my life. My life is a ministry. When the ministry go down the drain, your life goes down the drain. But people, as I say, shame is universal, but some of us are more affected because of our family upbringing and our school upbringing. A lot of guys that I met, the shame is not from the parents, they are loving parents, but from the bullying in school. That's one guy told me today, for eight years in school, from grade school to high school, I was picked on. The shame is from the school. And he kept everything inside him. Tremendous pain. And those pain, need to be relieved. I met women in the past that they come to see me and confess to me, Dr. Shea, I slept around. I want to stop. And when I do the shame tape with them, you are carrying a lot of shame and pain and you want to relieve those pain with this man because he affirmed you, he wants you. Go back to your memory in high school, even to college. Some of you girls probably know some other girls were sleeping around. You know that. Or you used to work, she's quite promiscuous. Do you think she's looking for sex? Do you think that girl is looking for sex? I don't think so. I think that girl hates sex. But the boys want me. I feel wanted. I did not do well in school. I don't feel wanted by my mom, but the boys want me. Or they discover their asset Because their mature body, I have something they want. I'm powerful. I'm powerful. Those girls are flat like a A point runway. That's what we Chinese describe. I'm sorry for Asian here. That's why I come to Hong Kong and describe. But my wife is the same, I love that. I love her runway, actually. But anyway. But you love someone, doesn't matter if it's a runway or not. Okay? But that's what I get from. <laughs> that's what the Hong Kong Changchun, they just try. Oh, it's no good, it's no good. It's just airport runway, it's just flat. But. No, oh, I'm not. I should do a Today Show. I think I can do something. Today. I should. Do it. Yeah. I should replace Jay Leno. I think I can do something. Yeah. But, but then that girl, because of the, oh, I have something to sell to be powerful. They wanted kind of four sense of power. Four sense of power. They're not looking for sex. And I told many people, like pornography, it's like a book. The book cover is about sex, but the chapters are not about sex. And we talk about in the second half, what is it about? It's about pain relief. It's a medication. It's a drug. But the problem is a drug can be in the form of a person. When that girl came to see me because he was she was sitting around on the, <coughs> the stall, I says with him, with the man he met, she met, become her drunk. Because the man affirm her, praise her, listen to her, give her space, want her. The man become a drunk and she confused sex and love. And all dating back to her shame, her upbringing, that I'm no good. The opposite of shame is respect. Respect. I am a precious child. I am a precious daughter of God. I am a precious son of God. That's what Jesus told that woman with 12 years of bleeding. In Mark chapter 5, she was an outsider. She was marginalized. No man will touch her. Every place she's sick is unclean. And the disciple, the inside. Hurry, Jesus, to move on. Stupid question to ask who touched you, Jesus. Bah, Move on. We have a bigger thing to do. We have to heal this ruler of the synagogue. Her daughter is sick. We have to do that. But our Jesus is separate from any mainstream theology and belief system. He's separate from the inside outsider outside system. He knows what is the right thing to do. I want to look for that woman. I know she touched me. Jesus is a God of just. The simple definition of justice is to do the right thing. Even the insider, come on, move on, move, move. The biggest thing for you to do, a big miracle coming up. But I thank you that Jesus I follow is separate from that, and he told this woman. The Bible did not give her a name. There's no name, woman, but Jesus gave her a name. Daughter, your faith that restored you to health. In public, Jesus in public named her you are my precious daughter a very affectionate term. and i'm so proud of your faith and trust in me from then on jesus brought her from a position of shame to position of respect and honor imagine that woman just I just want to fix my blood problem. I don't want to rock the boat. I'm an outsider. You guys are insider. Let me touch it, and I quietly slip away. Yes, the blood stop. Do you think she's still the, li- who believes she still living in shame? Yes, people remember. In a shame-based society, they remember everything. Even you live in a big house no <laughs> you're still ashamed no they remember well my blood flow no more I can sit here no we cannot sit here. That's why I tell people the healing in the gospel, the healing by Jesus is always a complete healing, not just a physical healing. This lady just want a physical healing just get my just get my medical problem fixed but Jesus no no Jesus want to do the right thing he want to heal he want to help him to name her shame and face shame. so when she walk away she can have her head up high that I am a precious daughter of God I'm not a piece of junk I'm not a piece of trash. Therefore no accident when I tour the nine facility and those girls making jewelry in their hand every day a precious stone. There's no accident that every day they handle precious stone. Every moment Jesus reminds them, you are precious. You're no longer used by men a piece of trash. that's how God heal us so after the break I want to talk about creation because a lot of people don't know the pornography the drug mess up our brain mess up our body when you mess up our body you mess up creation and we continue to talk about shame how to name the shame and face the shame and they'll give you some pure heart tool for man and for women, especially for single. Because single is a very bigger challenge there. Because you might lack more accountability if you live by yourself, right? And nowadays, you don't need to go to computer to look at porn. Your big Samsung, Galaxy 5S. Yeah, you don't need to go to computer. You can go to your iPad. And nowadays, some man told me, I don't even look at porn, I go to YouTube, right? You can, a lot of people post on YouTube before YouTube shut it down. <laughs> you go viral already. So nowadays, it's a big, a very big challenge and, and we, will, we will more geared toward the, the singles. And, um, okay, so that was a short break and we come back. Thank you very much. Oh, by the way, um, I got some books here, Pure Heart. And it's $10 cash or check, so we can check it out, okay?
1: Yeah.
2: We're going to take a 10-minute break in a minute, and there's washrooms, and there's water, and some apples. And uh, But just want to say, uh, thanks for coming out. There are so many people here, and uh, uh, thanks. I don't know how everyone heard about it, but it's, it's just awesome. And uh, and a little bit about uh, resurgence. We have some things coming up. Uh, we are going to Lacombe. And so we are uh, going on the road, and we are going, Lacombe is about an hour and a half uh, south of Edmonton. And so on April 26th, we're going out there. Uh, if you want to pray for us, or if you just want to come out to Lacombe and have a uh, enjoy resurgence, we'll be at Lacombe. There's stuff on our website. Uh, another thing that's happening actually in this building right here is we have Sean Foyt and Rick Pino. And uh, they're awesome worship leaders. Uh, but they lead ministry uh, worldwide called The Burn, and it's uh, like 24-7 uh, worship. And so last year we did 50 hours in this, in this actual space with House of Prayer. And so we're holding on Wednesday, uh, May the 7th, we're holding just a night of vision, you know, just worship. We're just kind of doing this citywide thing with House of Prayer and invite you to just come be a part of that. That's going to be an amazing night. And uh, then uh, our next resurgence is the 31st of May, Uh, and we're also doing an evangelism training day. And uh, we just, uh, kind of a teaching night like this, but it's going to be during the day. And uh, Dean and Brayden and a bunch of people are going to be involved in that and so if you're interested, if that's something of interest, we're going to have information on the website and Facebook how to come out to that. It's probably going to be about 11 o'clock and then it's going to be some teaching, and then actually going to go out and, and practice a little bit too, because you can't train about evangelism and not actually do it, so um, that's kind of what it's going to be about, and uh, Dean, if I want to just raise your hand, so if people want to, and Brayden, yeah, right there, so if you're interested, talk to them, but there'll be more info on our website, and um, also on your chairs, there's a, there's a sheet tonight that uh, we put it on every, it's our partner form. And uh, we, uh, tonight's, tonight's session is totally free, having Dr. Shea, and just uh, appreciate it. But we take a free uh, love offering at every teaching night, and so there is a credit card machine, uh, a basket just on our table, and just encourage you to be a part of Resurgence. Uh, this is a community. We're not an event-based, but we're community-based. and. We we need you. Uh, we need you to, uh, to help us financially through prayer, through serving, and, and that's kind of how resurgence functions. And we just have so much vision and excitement for what God is doing, but uh, we rely on our monthly partners. And we have a bunch of people that said, "Hey, we're behind you monthly." And then there's other people who say, "I can't commit monthly, um, but I want to do a one-time gift and just support you and, and support what God's doing." And uh, Um, Part of it's going out. I was just in Winnipeg about a month ago and saw 21 kids accept Christ or recommit their lives to Jesus. And, you know, even at the last resurgence, we saw people accept Christ and be healed and set free. And God is doing something, and we believe God's doing something in Edmonton, but it also goes beyond Edmonton. And so we're asking, would would you help partner as we vision in this season, or vision cast, to just go out. And that's kind of our next, like, okay, God, where are you sending us? And so. Um, part of it's going to be really missional, how do resurgence, how do we as a community be missional and focused, and so Anyways, would you prayerfully consider, there's a sheet, uh, there's an envelope, if you want to do a one time, you just stick it in there, and then you can go back, and you can get by check, or, or various forms, but would you consider uh, partnering with us, because we, we definitely need your partnership, and so, um, we're going to take a 10 minute break, and then Dr. Shea will come back, and if you're interested in his books, they're right here, and uh, it's a great book, so I recommend it. So. Hey, do you think you can man the table? Sure. The the giving table? If you
0: do it. Because I believe the ultimate measurement of success is, at the end of the day, I can tell myself, I can tell Jesus, I can tell my fiancé, I can tell my girlfriend, I did not do it. I don't care how you did not do it. I'm not interested in it. You can be tempted, you almost want to do it, uh, you desire to do it, you have a urge, but at the end of the day I can celebrate, I did not do it. And that's the Pure How To is about, how to help you, at the end of the day you can tell yourself, I did not do it. And I think that the whole community be accountable, imagine you go for coffee, what's your name? Crystal. And I as a girl, kind of out oh, of my mouth, blah blah, blah, blah blah did you do it? <laughs> So for the girls who know it's more about did you cross the boundary with your boyfriend? Did you cross the boundary with your fiance? For the guy is what's your name, sir? Right. Why not? Do you do it? Then you know what I'm asking. Do you look at women? Do you cross the boundary when you look at a woman in church? So you know what I'm asking about. And the answer is yes or no. It's okay to say yes, I did it. Because I did it again. I'm not proud of it. Then the question for men, for women is, if you say yes, I did it, then you and I know what, what you meant when you say you did it. Then my question is not to judge you. The question is, what are you afraid of? You're afraid that he will leave you? You're afraid that you're not good enough for him? And for the man, that my question to you, Waylon, is, are there any hurts and pain and stress lately? You want some pain relief? You want to run away to a place that's no rejection? I tell you guys, in the porn world, there is no rejection. There's no app yet to, to have a box in front of you on a computer, on your smartphone. If you come back to watch me like this, I'll call your girlfriend. I'll get my cell phone. If anyone can invite, invent an app, you'll be a millionaire. Millionaire, years after years. Tons of girlfriends and mothers will buy that app. <laughs> Think about that IT guy.
1: He <laughs> invent an app like this.
0: If you come back to watch me like this, I will call your girlfriend. I'll get her cell phone right away. No, you will not do that. We're not that stupid. We men are slow learners, but we're not that stupid. All right? Amen. Okay? Amen. So, <laughs> But in the pornography world, there's no rejection. No. But if you come from a shame-based upbringing, a shame-based schooling, they are rejection. They are feeling I'm not good enough. That something wrong with me. They are pain that I'm not good enough in this family. I'm not the poster boy. My brother is the poster boy. He's smart in school. He go to Bible school. He doesn't have to study. No, I hate people who doesn't have to study. You you hate those people, right? They just don't need to study. I just hate them. I asked Jesus, why do you make them like this? In a way that, okay, I'm just joking. But, no good. That's one pastor told me in my family. I'm a second class citizen. Everyone's better than me. That's his shame come from. But in the porn world there's no rejection. In the porn world there's tons of comfort and <coughs> soothing. Do you know where the comfort and soothing what on earth in the porn world have a lot of comfort and soothing? you know that? Is it a kind of a, it's a trick question, Dr. Shea? What on earth do you find comfort and soothing in the pornography world? What are you talking about? Anyone know? So say, I don't know. Then I'll give you the answer, okay?
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know, okay. <laughs> it's the breast. The breasts. This is the first time in church you heard a speaker talk about breasts.
1: <laughs>
0: can I have permission to talk about breasts right now from the woman?
1: Can I, can I have your
0: permission? Okay. Can I have your permission to talk about woman breasts, okay? But I talk about in a game form, the game is are you smarter than a fifth grader, okay? There's a game out there, right? In the past, it's on TV, are you smarter than a fifth grader? So this is a five thousand dollar question. The question is: True or false? All women' breasts come with different sizes. Who say true? Raise your hand. Who say false? Who say I like all sizes? <laughs> yes. Woman breasts come with different sizes. Second question. This is a $10,000 question. Are you smarter than fifth grader? All women's breasts come with different shapes. Who say true? Who say false? Who say I don't care?
1: <laughs>
0: yes, all women's breasts come with different shapes. This is a $50,000 question, are you smart in the (laughs) refrigerator? All moon breaths come with different meaning. All moon breaths come with different meaning, true or false, $50,000. Who say true? Who say false? Okay. Okay, no stupid answer. Who say, I don't know? <laughs> All woman breasts come with different meaning. When a woman left the oncologist's office and out she has breast cancer, her breasts become a medical breast. That breast will give life, takes away. When I was in Paris in the museum called Louvre to see Mona Lisa, and beside Mona Lisa there's a huge picture of the French Revolution, a bare-chested woman with the French Republic flag. I think those who are artists here know the name of the picture. Their bare chest is the breast of victory and freedom. When a young mother is nursing her baby, her breasts become bigger because of the nursing milk. The whole scene is about comfort, soothing, attachment, trust, acceptance, love, bonding, nurturing. That is the maternal meaning of the woman breast. A lot of guys don't realize When they really want to peek on the cleavage, when the moon bends down, or they want to look sideways between the wound shirt button to see what is inside, or when they really focus, when they first look when the moon is on the breast, they don't realize they're not looking for sex. They're looking for comfort. I'm looking for soothing. My daughter is 28 years old right now. Some of you know my daughter, Naomi. When he was, she was 20 years old, she was in a motorcycle accident, and some of you know about that. She crashed at 150 kilometers on LSE Road. No paramedic believed that she was alive. When I first saw her at Universal Hospital, half of her body was black. I thank God that I appear believe that I lost my daughter, but Jesus brought her back to me. I was so scared. No one survived a 150-kilometer crash on a motorcycle. And she's just wearing a helmet, shorts, t-shirts, and borrowed sneakers from people. The week after, I noticed I want to look at everyone dressed. In church, in my office, in the mall, in public, on the street. Because I specialize in this, right where I click, I wasn't looking for sex. I'm looking for comfort. I'm looking for sooth looking for a reassurance. I was so scared that I brought home a 20-year-old quadriplegic. I work with quadriplegic. I admire them. One of my quadriplegic clients is 17 years old and he is make mid-50 right now. I admire him that he still wants to live. But there's no life for a 20-year-old quadriplegic. I was so scared. And every breast talked to me. Look, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I realized I'm not looking for sex. I'm looking for comfort. Because there's a maternal meaning. Because I knew that, then I know what I want to do. Right away I contact Build Alliance Church, the prayer chain, to ask them to pray for my daughter to tell them the doctor's, surgeon's name, the surgery date, and pray for the surgeon, surgical team. And people start coming to visit us, even stay overnight with us, bring meals, bring food, embrace us, hug us, pray with us. I get my comfort in a healthy way. For there's nothing wrong to seek comfort and soothing. But we have to seek it in a comfort Go to pornography is one way. Because there's no rejection there. And there's tons of comfort. Your big breasts, mechanical breasts, surgical breasts, thick breasts, tons of them. There's a lot of soothing comfort there. <coughs> but it's not a healthy way. So there's a comfort, soothing comfort in the pornography world. And the no rejection in the pornography world is always approved. And also control and power. Now you ask the question, what on earth control and power in have pornography in the world? I'll tell you why. For the men that I worked with, and in my past, we don't just go to pornography and look at them. At this Matthew, Matthew Matt talked about, he looked and masturbated to it. That's the classic pattern. You look at pornography and masturbate to it. Now, as Travis told me, just be bold and talk about it. Okay? This is the first time you heard a speaker talk about breath and now masturbation. Wow! Okay, this is really free. Really free. Okay. Now for us men, when we masturbate, we have to hold on to something. No man will masturbate if we can hold on to it. Just no one wants to smoke if you hold on to it. Okay, sir, you can smoke now.
1: No one wants to do
0: that. Or the same thing, you just smoke, I just hold one for you. No one do that, because why? The holding on to it with a cigarette or our genital is symbolized putting me back on the driver's seat. For that moment, I'm holding on to something. I'm back on the driver's seat. I am have a temporary control and power because I have every freedom to orchestrate that masturbation experience. How many stroke, how many thrust, how many time, and what kind of images I bring to my mind. Control and power. In my real life, I don't feel I'm in control. How many time stuck in this position at the associate pastor? When do I become the lead pastor? How many times are stuck in this position at work? How many times I apply I don't get something? The person feels stuck, not in control. Control and power are not dirty words. Those are basic human needs. We need to a sense of control and power or what we can influence or what we can do. Imagine you live in North Korea, in Russia, you have no healthy control and power of your own. You're not a healthy citizen there. You can fake to be happy and still praise the leader, but inside you, you know, this is all fake because I don't have real control and freedom in this in this country. But the masturbation put me back on the driver's seat. So, soothing comfort, acceptance, approval, controlling power. And also purpose. I have not met any guy come to see me and go to my center class. I just watch anything I want on the computer or the porn side. No. You go back, you remember that sight. You remember that clip. You know what you want to look. You know what you want to look for. You serve. You want that type of images. You want to look at that type of position. You want to look at that type of woman. There's a purpose. There's a mission. It's not random. But in real life, you might feel you lost your purpose. Why I'm here for. This is what I call emotional satisfaction. You can see why porn is a wonderful drug. A wonderful drug experience. What kind of drug emotionally can give you a sense of acceptance, control, power, soothing, and comfort in that 15 minutes? Whoa, I haven't, I haven't seen a drug like that. But porn gives you that. Now, it doesn't stop there. And I want the guys to know that, I want a woman to understand that too. Because that pastor talked about the chemical factor. So not just emotional satisfaction. Now, once we masturbate, once we ejaculate, the brain changed the chemistry. that we touch on creation. Who created us? Our designer. When a man and woman's body are sexually aroused, for example, on a marriage bed, husband and wife, each of the brain chemistry change. The three thing, three chemicals will increase the release. The first chemical release increase increase the release of this chemical is endorphin. Endorphin is our homemade antidepressant. Endorphin is a homemade Prozac. It's a homemade effector. It ease emotional pain. It ease physical pain. And make the pain more bearable and give us a sense of well-being. That is endorphin. And for pregnant woman and for young mother, they have a lot of endorphin. That's why they can wake up at night to feed the baby. It's the endorphin, right? It's because of endorphin they can endure that because the tons of endorphin. That's why our natural antidepressant. When our body is sexually aroused, it increases the release of endorphin. I tell you the statistic: food, smoking, increase the endorphin endorphin by 50%. Food and sex increase endorphin by 100%. Cocaine increase endorphin by 300%. Crystal meth increase endorphin by 1,200%. So for kids who who do crack uh, crystal meth the brain is literally fried. Have thousands of orgasms in the brain. So sexual arousal increases endorphin by 100%. That is a a flood of endorphin in our brain. So that on the marriage bed, that's why after sex, husband and wife, they feel good. Yes, it's supposed to feel good because of the endorphin. It should feel good. That's what God designed us to be on the marriage bed. But our brain doesn't ask us, sir, are you on the marriage bed or in front of your computer? <laughs> the brain doesn't ask, but still increase the release of the endorphin. But then it's outside of the marriage bed. Outside. Anything we do outside of God's design is always come with guilt. Right? So therefore, it's outside. The second chemical release, increase the release, is oxytocin. Oxytocin is the attachment bonding chemicals. So when you, when you get married, when you have sex on the marriage bed, so it increases a lot of oxytocin on the wife. So after sex, the wife still want to cuddle, want to kind of hold me tight. But the less oxytocin on the man's brain, so men still thinking like me, I still can catch the third period of the oil skin. <laughs> But my wife want to cuddle, want to talk because of what the oxytocin. See, we don't talk about like this creation. We talk about creation that where dinosaur come from. Yes, we need to talk about that. But this is creation. But the third chemical that increase the release is called dopamine. Dopamine is another feel good chemical, but the function is is increase your craving, your desire. You're wanting for the same thing. Now, in God's design on the marriage bed, oxy- oxytocin, endorphin, and then dopamine release increase the desire for the same thing. Yes, good. I want it the same time next week. Or oh, I want it tomorrow too. Yes, because of dopamine. But that is a blessing. That is what's supposed to be. But when you release that dopamine outside the marriage bed, the brain doesn't ask you, where, where, where are you now? But still release it and increase the desire and the craving for the same thing. Now, that applies to premarital sex. Because the brain doesn't ask you, are you having sex before marriage or after marriage? The brain doesn't ask you, are you with this guy on the marriage bed or in bedroom. Or in a hotel room, to bring us a mask, we still release the same thing. It's biological. But I tell young people, this is Easter. Our Jesus died for every drop of our endorphin on the cross. He died for every drop of the oxytocin on the cross. He died for every drop of my dopamine on the cross. He died for me, the whole of me. These are precious commodities that He sacrificed His life for me. Therefore, in the Bible, the Apostle Paul, in 1 Corinthians 6, 18-20, the big no clear, he said, shun immorality and all sexual looseness, flee from impurity in thoughts, word or deed. Any other sin which a man or woman commits is one outside the body, but he or she who commits sexual immorality sin against his or her own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit, who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price, purchased with precious, and paid for, make his own, so then honor God and bring glory to him in your body. When you are jerking off in front of the computer, when you're having sex with your boyfriend, your fiance heavy padding you think you're by yourself alone no jesus is there Jesus saw everything he saw everything and he's grieving for us do you know You're abusing the precious commodities that I create in your brain. Do you know you're mismanaging those precious resources that decide only on the marriage bed? And dolphin also release when you do cardiovascular activity, when you go on to the gym, when you go on the treadmill. Yes, that's fine. But Jesus will ask us, I die for every drop of those commodities. They are precious. It took my life for you. And I see you letting it release on the wrong place. And that's what called grieving the Holy Spirit. Oh, it doesn't stop there creation part. These are chemical satisfaction. But when God created us, He wants us to be healthy. He wants to have check and balances in our mind and our body. Even with sin, He wants us to be healthy. So when He creates our brain, that the frontal brain is like a CEO. The frontal brain governs and control our belief system, our value system, and our choices. The Middle brain is more instinctual, more basal type of brain. The fear center is there. And the fight and flight center is there. And the activation of the endorphin and dopamine system is there. So the middle brain is more about wanting to seek relief, seek comfort, and seek soothing when we are afraid, when we feel rejected, when we are in danger, fight or flight, that's the middle brain is about. So, in a simple way, is the middle brain will tell us, it's so nice out there, let's go and play. But the frontal brain says, no, you, haven't, you have not finished your homework yet, finish your homework first, then you can go and play. So check and balance. Or the middle brain will tell you, I always love a red car, I want to buy this red car now. But the front of it is saying, no, it's not a Toyota. It's not reliable. Okay? So check and balance. Okay. Not that we have no temptation. Not that we have no urges. But there's a check and balance. But a porn inflicted brain since 12 years old. The check and balance is gone. That's what the drug or porn would do. To destroy the check and balance. In a book, in my book I mentioned, like the middle brain is 300 watts in power, but the frontal brain is only 60 watts. The function of this of the frontal brain is to put the brake, put the brake on this wild beast, the middle brain. The middle brain want to have pleasure, want to seek comfort, want to take risks, want to run away. It's the frontal brain who put the brake on it. Stop! It's not right. It's not right. You hurt your wife, hurt your girlfriend, don't do it. Okay? It's against your value. So put a brake on it. But in a porn afflicted brain, the middle brain is 300 watt, the frontal brain is only 60 watt. Like a V6 Hemi engine, and this is just a four cylinder sedan. <laughs> no way to put the brake on this middle brain. I will tell you now. A sixty watt frontal brain does not do much for Jesus. It's only bring you to church. A sixty watt frontal brain doesn't do much for Jesus. It's only bring you to church. That's why a lot of Christian guys come to see me, including myself in the past. I know it's wrong, but did not realize my frontal brain is only 60 watt. I still remember the Bible verses. I still remember what's right and wrong. I still remember this is no good. I still remember my Christian, but did not realize my mental brain is 300 watt. Whenever there is a cleavage that have a maternal meaning, I want to go for Because I did not realize my shame tape of telling me you're no good. You don't mess up. There's something wrong with you. You fail. I did not realize I was in pain. So my middle brain Always looking for that comfort and soothing. Now I know. Now I know. Jesus showed me. So, therefore, the pure heart tool, the first step is to restore that check and balance. Guys, keep the middle brain at 300 watt. Do not increase it to 350. That's why it's important that you have a filtering program on your iPhone, on your Android, on your computer, on your iPad. The filter program out there are Safe Eyes, Covering Eyes, Be Secure, XBwatch.com, Premium, uh, accountable to You. These are accountability program you put on your computer. The reason is since age 12, those images that we put now, not every guy looks at porn, okay? I want to qualify that, okay? But for those who cannot stop looking at it because you do not realize you, porn becomes a drug to you. For those who stop, it doesn't affect too much. They can tell themselves, did it, done it. I get better things to do. That was supposed to be. Did it, done it. I get better things to do, right? But for the guys who cannot see it, who cannot do it, continue to struggle, That means that the porn becomes a medication, you self-medicate. And affecting your brain, and affecting creation. So keep that at 300, because unfortunately, we cannot delete those files and images since age 12. We can because our brain like a computer hard drive. When you delete something on your computer, do you think that file, Is 100% gone? The IT people tell you no. They will file for you. (laughs) When you click that button, oh, it's gone, it's deleted. No. It's somewhere out there, in there. So the same thing of brain. However, we can let those files, those images, those ungodly images sleep, rust, obsolete. We can let them sleep. Don't wake it up. We can like, become outdated. Rust, let it rust. But when you look again at a pawn site or look at a woman cleavage, then actually you captivate another file and then import into your middle brain. What it does is it will wake up all the other files. I think men will testify when you look at porn that whole week afterward your eyes are just everywhere your eyes cannot stop It's because it wake up all the other files in the past that store in your brain and when those files waking up you know what they do the job for you to look for the cleavage for you that's how it works so the secret is don't wake up let it sleep. Let it rust. Keep it at 300. So that you give your frontal brain a chance to get stronger. From a 60 watt to 100. From 100 to 150. From 150 to 250. the 250 to 300. Eventually, 300, 300. Now that is check and balance. Jesus doesn't expect us to have no temptation only the evil one expects us to have no temptation because the evil one continues you shame the us. you're no good you shall have no temptation at all no jesus said at the end of the day you can tell me i did not do it jesus is more gracious than we think he is jesus is much more patient than we think he is Those computer field programs is help you when, when you go there, you know, do, do you want to do it? Because my girlfriend is my account. My girlfriend will call me why I'm doing it. Or my friend, do you do it again? Because this is a culture of accountability. Do you do it? Because those programs will email your friend. Do you want do you want that? If you want that, then go for it and look for it. I pay for it, they don't want that, okay? That will give you. Give give your, your, your frontal frontal brain is about making choices and value system, belief system. Help your frontal brain to strengthen it. What is going on? Why do I want to go there? Am I going through some pain? Am I what is it when I go through some stress? Am I feel I have no power? Why I want medication now? Why I want that relief right now? What is going on? and you have to learn to talk to someone. That's why AA, they have a sponsor. Anyone who involved with AA, alcoholism, they have a sponsor. When you join AA, you have to have a sponsor. The sponsor is when you're having trouble, have temptation to drink, you call the sponsor, and the sponsor will talk to you. You have to what I call, if you write it down, name it and face it. Name it and face it. I talked to a guy last week and he shared with me, he had a relapse going back to the porn on his iPhone. He even put a program there, but somehow he found a way. I said, what's going on? Let's learn from this relapse. And the more we talked, he said, my wife said, told me something that really hurt me and I did not know how to deal with that and I kept it to myself I said sir your shame go way back to your schooling that you told me you got bullied you got picked on kids tell you you fail you never make it you're stupid you're dumb and you kept all those pain to yourself. Is that true? Yes. You're right, Dr. Shea. I seldom talk to people about that. So that doesn't mean you condition yourself to be a slow cooker, a precious cooker. You're just like a ticking time bomb. So when your wife blur out something, just like my wife yesterday, we were, we, were, we were driving to Costco, in the car, you don't know want my wife to He just caught me, what, what are you talking about? He, you know what she said, Simon, if I want to get married again, do it again, I want to marry a handy guy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Listen,
0: I want to marry someone like our friend Clint, he can make anything, a carpentry, build a deck, build a house, renovate a basement, and then she add, but I'm very happy with what I have. Done. <laughs> I said, I would never tell you that if I want to marry a gay, I want to marry a woman who is taller, bigger breasts. <laughs> And she didn't ask yesterday, right? Yesterday Sunday, right? So this morning I'll be for what, it, this didn't come to my mind. But one thing that I noticed is, I did not have that pain and tension on my chest when she talked, when she mentioned this to me. I mean, actually it did not really hurt, did not hurt me. Because I talked to my client I said, I'm really hurt, I have pain, I asked, way in your body that you feel that hurt. A lot of men told me it's on my chest. On my chest. That's the pain of shame. Men are much more vulnerable than women to feel shame. That I failed my wife. That I'm not good for my wife because I'm not a handyman. Women are more afraid to be disconnected. To feel alone. You know what is the worst thing a man can hurt a woman? It will make her feel at home, feel alone at home. Feel alone in the relationship. Make her feel that I do everything. I shoulder everything, alone. That's the worst thing a man can do to a woman. The worst thing a woman can do to a man Is to shame him in public, shame him in front of his children. Don't be like your daddy. Don't grow up to be like your daddy. Even if true, is really the worst thing a woman can do to a man, because of how God created us. Men are much more prone to be shamed. I'm a failure. Woman are more prone to be afraid that you don't want me, that I'm disconnected from you. But I noticed that when I this thought come to me, what on earth you want to tell I did not feel the pain on my chest and tension, because when I felt that before, you know how men deal with shame? The two thing: either you withdraw or you get pissed off. <laughs> Withdraw. quiet, stop talking, go to the garage, <laughs> turn around when you sleep, or get angry, piss off, piss off, excessive anger, scared scare the girl from the inside of anger. And somehow I'm training a man, there's something in between you can learn it is the same i oh, actually, I'm pretty thick, I'm thick, thick skin now. My wife <laughs> can say something like this to me. I'm okay, actually. Not that I like it, but I'm okay that I did not withdraw, I did not piss off, that I did not feel that chest pain, that tension. If anyone testify you have that, like this, this is some tension here, as if something drop in your chest, that, that if pain, there's a pain of shame. So that man said, yeah, when my wife say something, I have this pain in me. So I'm training him, you know what? You have to learn to name and face it. Name the pain. With, with, with there's no name, you cannot face anything. Imagine you go to the doctor and complain about the pain in your body, and your doctor cannot name the diagnosis. Can not give you a name where your pain come from? You freak out. What do I have? Sorry ma'am, I, we don't know. We do a lot of tests, but we still don't know what's the name of your problem. You freak out. Even a negative name like cancer, then you can face it. Okay, what do we do? Doctor, well, the best chance is go for surgery. I think your survival rate is very high. Go for surgery. So, when I can go to surgery, I think we can get it through pretty soon here. Then you can face it. You can Google it how you take care of yourself. But without a name, you cannot face anything. Even negative name, ADD, diabetic. You get a name, then you can face it. A label is not necessarily a bad thing. So I trained this man, you have to learn, because for a long time, you did not name your pain and your hurt, you kept it to yourself. So learn to name it in front of your wife. So a few years ago, because since I'm married, I buy her every Valentine's Day, I buy her a Valentine car, card. And also I have to know what kind of car she likes. The only place I buy my car is Noctobo. Too bad they close up now. Noctobo on 100 and some street, right? That's the only place I buy my car because that's the car my wife likes. So I, 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 I sold. So two years ago, this Avante car, her first response is, I don't like this car. <laughs>
1: you
0: know what the second thing she did? She went upstairs and get the box of card that I, I, I gave her over the years. Well, I, I, she, she stole all the card I gave her over the year. She brought that box down to the kitchen table, opened the box and showed me, see, this one you bought me last, last year was better. Buy this type of card.
1: <laughs>
0: wow, how do you deal with that? <laughs> How do you deal with
1: that? <laughs>
0: but that year I learned. I said, Helen, that really sucks.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you haven't even read what I said in the car. And then my wife caught it. She said, I'm sorry. It's my menopause moment. <laughs>
1: See, when women menopause,
0: they have no estrogen. Estrogen is to want to have harmony, everyone happy. When there's no estrogen, you want socks, you buy own socks. You want lunch, you cook your own lunch. Right? That's menopause. So they have no filter, they just say whatever they want to say. I don't like this card. Whoa! (laughs)
1: but one thing
0: I really learned in my marriage as a man is to speak up to speak up to name the problem name the hurt name the hurt, name the pain to speak up and stand up for myself you know what guys when you speak up in front of your girlfriend your fiance or your, your girlfriends in general you know what you receive from them they respect you more even they disagree with you. But because you have a voice. Girls hate guys say, where do you want to go to supper? Oh, well, no, um, just, just, just go wherever you want to go. What do you want to go for supper? I'll eat whatever you want to eat. Girls hate those things. Even she earns more money than you, even if she's two degrees more than you, even if she's more educated than you, smart than you, they still want the guy to lead. That's a nature thing. That's a creation thing. I bet Queen Elizabeth still want Queen Philip to lead. Not in public. So guys, learn. But you might come from a family background or schooling background. You come to realize why do you want me to say anything It's no use anyway. It's no use doesn't matter to my father anyway, it doesn't matter to my mom anyway, but do you want that to perpetuate in your own family? As Travis said, we want to be healthy children of God. A godly man is a healthy man. A gaudy woman is a healthy woman. and also to become healthy. I I, I tell my client, I don't expect you to turn around right away because I did not turn around right away when I struggled with porn. I had many, many relapses. I learned from all the relapses. It took me quite a while to figure out how to fight this battle. So I do not expect you to cold turkey right away. The guy said, well, I'll pray, I'll do it. But inside, me know that, yeah, you'll come back. You have relapses, right? That is the reality. To become healthy, to become pure, to become the right person for your future husband, to become the right woman, for you, the right man for your future wife, is about becoming. I like one pastor in his greeting. Stumbling toward Christ with you. We're all stumbling toward Jesus together. Together. And Jesus is the one to pick us up. Not that His grace is cheap. I think we just underestimate the depth of His grace. <laughs> so, it's a journey, it's a process. It's about becoming, but yes, you have to practice what I call the pure heart tool. That's why for men in public, the one simple tool is neutralize. You don't want to add another file into your middle brain. So when you are go to the bank, it's come a casual hours and you teller have a cleavage. Oh, another thing I did not tell you. This is off the script too. For men, okay? Not for women. It's a whole concept called Package. We men don't look at every woman. We men don't lust on every woman. There's 10 women in front of us. We don't look at every woman. We don't lust on every woman's cleavage. No. No. Even there's a Pamela Anderson there, you might not look at her. Because it's gross. <laughs> because she doesn't fit your package. If, if a very p- petite girl there, actually modestly dressed, you might want to look at her more. It's about the package. Package is a business term. It's a marketing term that is to increase the desire, increase you to buy that product. So the company package that goods and product so that you buy it. So that, for example, research out of England have shown that when men under stress, they tend to look at heavier women. Now, go figure. That's what the research show. When men under stress, generally they want to look at women a little bit more heavy. In other case, a man crossed a boundary on her, on her stepdaughter, 16 years old, Christian man. She came to me for counseling before he go to court. And at that time, I sense the Holy Spirit telling me, ask him for a picture of his stepdaughter and a picture of his biological daughter. I said, why do you know you cross boundary on the biological daughter? Did you cross boundary on your stepdaughter? When he, next session, he brought me the two pictures. When I look at the stepdaughter, 16 years old, my first image is very maternal looking, motherly looking. This is a girl who will do everything for you. She will take care of you. And the man told me she's looking for a father. A father figure. So they sit together very closely. Uh, she put her head on his shoulder when watching TV, and he put his na- his, his hand around her. But no knowing, you don't do to a 16-year-old mature woman. You don't. I don't care. You don't. He did not know what boundary is. and maternal looking. Look at the biological daughter, volleyball player, slender, tall, athletic looking, short hair. There's a difference. Then I introduce to him, the whole package. I think your stepdaughter fit your package. Package, that package woman is the most comfort for you to look at her one more time. And my package is not your package. So now you know, I want to talk to the woman. You're not a package. You're God's precious daughter. A package, the man doesn't even know that woman. Because the way she walk, the size of her body, the <coughs> size of her breast, size of her bum, the way she talk, the way she dress, the way the hair flow, really comforting for the man to look at. For that particular man, for example, on the worship team. Three women on the platform on the worship team, you want to look at them. And your eye falls on the breast. But she dressed modestly, no cleavage at all. But you want to look at her more. That means that at that moment, she fit your package. Now, that's the time when you have to, what I call, neutralize. But going back, woman, you're not a package. So for those who are married, do not go home and tell your husband, ask your husband, am I your package? <laughs> oh, oh, your husband will call it. Uh yes you are. Well oh, I should not be your package. No, you're not. Well I should be your package. <laughs> no. No, no. Okay. And and for those who are married, don't even talk about to your wife, okay? Leave it here, okay? Okay, because women are not packaged. You are God's creation. Okay? But when you spot your package on the road, in the gymnasium, YMCA in the church on the platform the worship team when you go to Aldo to buy your shoes and someone kneel down and you see you see the whole cleavage or you see the whole split by the hair
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> neutralized. Neutralize is a military term, it's a hockey term. Neutralize the blue eye, neutralize the defense, neutralize the, uh, the enemy. Make no neutralize the power. So, okay, I need a guinea pick here. Okay, if I pick you, guy, it's, it's, not, it's not really a pick on you. I just need a guinea pig. No, I just need an example. Sir, what's his name, sir? What's your name? Tyler. Would you like to be a guinea pig? Sure. Okay, all right. Okay, Tyler. I want to demonstrate this neutralizing technique tool. It's simple but very effective. Okay, okay. Now, for the next five minutes, you're not Tyler. You are Jessica. Okay? And. You are a teller, uh, a, a representative <laughs> of TD Bank. So at the end of today, Trevor will probably give me an honorarium for tonight's speaking service. So tomorrow I go to my neighborhood TD Bank to deposit the, the check into my business account. Somehow tomorrow is a casual day. So you dress casually, jeans and shirt, but you have a cleavage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> how do I this?
0: I said, my wife. Okay, I'm gonna open this. <laughs> okay, okay, that's enough. That's <laughs> it. No, 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 do no, That's revealing enough already. So that's a cleavage. Okay, and I'm a I'm a kind of frequent customer. So recognize me, Doctor Shea, What can I do for you? I said, well, I want to deposit the check in my business account. He said. No problem, Dr. Shea, I'll do it for you. Do you like a receipt? I say yes. Now, the printing, the printer is underneath you. So you have to bend down. See? So I can see your bra. It's Victoria's secret. It's lace. Okay? I can see your full cleavage. Okay.
1: Okay. okay.
0: And somehow you fit my package.
1: <laughs> somehow I look at you more.
0: Now that's the time when I tell myself, neutralize. Neutralize means that I don't want to add another file in my middle brain. I don't want this 300 to be 350. I don't want to wake up all the other files in the past. I don't. So I say neutralize. So neutralize means I have to find some object or person. neutral to sexual energy sexual seduction. So I look at the poster behind you, say mortgage rate is (laughs)
1: 2.89%.
0: Good today. Or I look at another customer, or I look at a plant in the office, I look at the furniture, I will look around because I want to neutralize. And while I'm neutralizing, I will minister to my middle brain, to my frontal brain, I tell she's not a sex object. She's not a sex object for me to use. She is a precious daughter of God. Jesus died for her on the cross and continued to neutralize. So you get the receipt, then I get a receipt, then I walk out. The Bible says flee. I have to do business. I cannot walk out with 40 parts in it. Yeah, I can go to the machine, but but I have to sometimes I want to go to the tough right? This is the fleeing. The neutralize. Thank you, Tyler. You're back to Tyler, okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this neutralize, that I've been neutralizing in the YMCA because I have no control what women wear in YMCA. And you try in church, be honest. Pastors have no control what women wear in church, right? Especially in the summertime. We have no control. And we are not here to blame the woman. Because every seminar I did in the past, there's some older gentleman come to see me and tell me, if women know how to dress today, we have no problem with that. No, come on. Come on. That doesn't stand in court. Throw it out we are not here to blame the woman we meant to take our responsibility to be a champion of purity in kingdom living and for the woman too that jesus wants you to be a champion purity in your relationship to be accountable to your girlfriend and knowing she'll ask you did you do it then you know what she's asking It's a culture, a community of accountability that we take our own responsibility, that we meant to neutralize and also put the program into our computer and iPhone and everything, especially for single. You need that accountability because you're by yourself. You are less accountability, especially if you live by yourself. You have to program your TV. There's a certain channel you know you cannot go there. There's a certain channel in my home, I block it. I put a password there. I know I cannot go there. Those are not porn channel, but there are some Canadian movies. Out, of of blue, there's something. Oh boy, I should not watch this. So I put a password there. But give me more work. If I want to go there, I have to remember the password. That's work. So mean that you have to give your trying to bring more chance to work on it. You increase the thing. What are you doing? What are you doing? To name it, what are you, what, what, what are you doing? Why do you want medication? Why are you want soothing? What are you afraid of? Why are you, you cross the boundary again? What are you afraid of? So neutralize. I neutralize in the bank, I neutralize in church, I neutralize in front of the worship team in Beulah, I neutralize in the YMCA, I neutralize in my workplace, in my workplace, there are tons of women working there. I know who fit my package. I know that. Then I have to settle my boundary. I will never go to her office and sit there and disclose my personal things. Never. If I have to do business with her, the office door has to be open because she fit my package. Nothing wrong with her. She doesn't even know that she fit my package. I have to take care of myself. I have to take care of myself. And I have named my shame. My shame came from my schooling in Hong Kong. Not from my parents. I have good parents. I did not do well in school in Hong Kong. I found grade four. I repeat grade four. I almost failed high school. I did not go into matriculation. I remember in high school, everything just passed by me. I did not get it. So everything is so abstract. Every subject is so abstract. I did not get it. I just attend school for the sick to be there. But no one knew it. I did not tell anyone. My classmate got it. They all now are, one is a pediatric orthopedic surgeon Another one is an internist, another one is a surgeon, another one is a lawyer, another one is a business owner. It's been a long time. I don't mess you up. There's something wrong with me. Especially you grew up in a Chinese culture that want every boy, every girl to be a doctor including Korean culture, East Indian culture. As a doctor is God, teacher are down here. Pastor? Don't even mention it. Don't even mention it. There's a hierarchy. I don't know where it comes from. I really don't know why. Even educated younger parents, they still think that way sometimes. That's where my shame comes from. That I'm no good. Until about three years ago, I read some books. I never knew about shame. I knew about depression. I knew about anger. I knew about my pornography. I knew about my worry. I knew about my anxiety. But those are just symptoms. I knew about crossing boundary with my wife. While my wife was dating. But those are just symptoms. The root problem is my shame. until I name it it's shame not me and shame took away my God sent identity shame had no respect how God created me shame will not tell me Simon God create you differently from your brother uh, and, and God created differently from that guy who become a surgeon or from that uh, from that classmate who become a lawyer Shame will not tell you she will tell me you're no good Shame will not respect how God created me. That I am creative. That I can speak to a crowd like this and somehow they like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I can speak without notes. And I can tell good stories. I can be vulnerable and transparent in front of a crowd. That I'm unique that god created me differently shame will not tell me this until i name my shame then i can face it that i can face mr shame no no because jesus tell me that's not from his production that's not from his company that's not from his creation jesus has nothing to do with that yes they come from god and but Jesus had nothing to do with that. Because Jesus loves me. He has a purpose for me. He has a plan for me. And my job is to find out that plan. And to respect what is planned for me. And that happened about three years ago. And that changed my life. That changed my life. And I think that's why when my wife said, I wish I could marry someone who is handy, I'm okay with that. Because, no, I will not buy a book to build a deck for you. No, 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 no. No, I, I, will not, I will not fix this for. No, I'm not. I can hire someone to do it. I don't know. So, so no, 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 no. No. That's why I can handle that now. Because I respect who I am. The opposite of shame is respect. Girls and women, when you learn to respect who you are, you have less fear that that if I don't do this for my boyfriend, he will not like me. You have less fear of that. Because you respect yourself, you respect your body, you respect every drop of your endorphin, of your oxytocin, and every drop of your dopamine. You want to reserve that to release in the future only on my marriage bed. Yes, I might have relapsed, but learn from it and set up, really reset the boundary. Because there's a voice inside me. There are two voices: voice of shame and the voice of respect. when you have not dealt with your shame, face of shame, that voice is stronger, and the pain is there, so that we have to please, to perform, and to perfect. But when you come to Jesus, and release our shame to him on the cross, and actually realize he already bared on the cross, we don't, have, we don't have to bear anymore, then I can start respecting who I am, that I am different. And this client told me, she said, before I stop, the biggest thing I learned from you, Dr. Shaykh, is I am different. I'm different from my sister. When my sister go out, he has, she had to put makeup on and put some fashionable clothes, even go for a walk. I just go with my flannel. <laughs> and she come with me just with flannel. But that, just a hoodie and like, and she. And she's an athlete. She's, I, I'm, a, I'm a volleyball player. I just, I don't, but my sister, right, always have makeup, makeups on, very fashionable, and she has more friends than me, more sociable than me. I'm not. But she come to realize I am different. And that is okay.
1: Yeah.
0: That is okay. I don't have to copy her. She come to accept that. So that she can focus on being herself. And one say the most the biggest common despair is you are not being who you are I write it down the biggest common despair is you being not who you are That's how God creates you you're always trying to be someone else but the thing is there's a day that I will have. We have to see Jesus face to face. Do you have a sister, man? No. Who have a sister here? What's your name, ma'am? Sherry. Thank you. Okay. And your sister's name? Uh, three. Which is the smartest one? Krista. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's The day you see Jesus face to face and you're ready for this question. I create you, Cherie? Cherise. how come all your life I see you always want to talk like your sister, act like your sister, and do things like your sister, and be, be like her? Are you telling me the child I create, who are you, is not precious, It's not valuable? You better have an answer for that. Just like Jesus will ask me in person, I create this Simon. How come all your life, I see you always want to be like Moses, talk like Moses, behave like Moses, talk like, walk like Moses. Are you telling me the Simon I create is not precious enough? It's not valuable enough? I better have an answer for that. Let's all come to Jesus and lay our shame in front of him. There's no pain, no shame is heavy enough that he cannot put it on his cross and he'll nail it once and for all. And bring us up to a position of honor and respect, just like that woman with the 12 years bleeding problem. Precious daughter. Your faith have restored you to health. Mm -hmm. And we all long, Jesus will tell us this. Precious daughter, precious son, your faith in me, your trust in me, have restored you to health. Amen. Thank you very much.
2: So much for sharing, and your books are available. They're ten dollars, right?
0: Yes. Right. Yes.
2: So uh, I encourage it. It's a great book, and uh, something happened. Why don't you just pray, and I would close out. Thank you so much for coming, and uh, and uh, the table of all our info is at the back. But
0: thank you so much. Okay, let's pray. You can pray with your eyes open, or you can bow, wherever
1: you're comfortable.
0: Jesus, in the in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul talked about that you're sitting at the right-hand side and you are in the sitting for each one of us, even right now. That means, Jesus, you have a very active prayer ministry. And actually, we can engage with you as part of this prayer ministry. At this time, maybe one of us can ask, Jesus, what is something you want me to do what is something you want me to stop doing what is the one thing you want me to do less what is one area you want me to set more healthy boundary i want to hear your voice jesus i want to hear your whisper and i bet i also hear your whisper that you reassuring us we are your precious children we're your precious son we are your precious daughter, that you're waiting us to come home, to come home, because you said that your yoke is not heavy, and your burden is light. Jesus let us come to the cross. This is the end of the Lent season, and Lent is about giving up. Lent is about disciplining land is about looking at ourselves and you are here in this room in the person of the holy spirit jesus father speak to us let us see you you whisper in your voice that we really come to you to feed on your grace, your mercy, your patience, your forgiveness, and your faithfulness. So we thank you. Jesus, we want this community to be a community of accountability, be a cultural accountability, that we have no shame and no guilt to our, each other, that you do it. So that We can account for each other. And we are stumbling toward you together. Because your grace, your mercy is way, way bigger than we thought. So we thank you for this evening, for every one of us. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Just put this over here, okay? If you have any questions, just feel free to ask me, okay?